Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 16, Chapter 111, Blue Collar. After learning that Percival is exploiting his new work crew, Archie and Tabitha divide a plan to help protect the workers and get them out from under Percival's control. Meanwhile, Jughead finds himself with a target on his back after Percival catches wind of a scheme he and Veronica hatched against Reggie. Finally, Betty receives some unexpected news about a dark moment from her past, and Tony and Fangs find themselves at a crossroads. I don't know what we're doing. <sighs> it's just... I don't. I just don't know what we're doing. I, yeah. I feel lost and scared. Well, I do know what we're doing. It's the it's going to be the battle for Riverdale's soul. But ultimately, it's are we in Riverdale or Rivervale? Because those two worlds have melded. Mm. They're melding. They keep like breaking down. Like the the veil between the two is being lost. And so my feeling is that you know if Percival were to win then we would just be a full-blown comic and if Percival loses then we go back to Riverdale as we know it I mean okay but what does that mean for the next season that's again we're doing another season of this television show yeah at this point it doesn't matter because they're gonna get to end it so they get to decide what that what that fully means. I mean, I believe no matter what, all of this has just been Jug's writing. All of it. <sighs> so if that's how we end it with, you know, Forsyth uh, sitting at, in front of a fireplace reading from his tomes, then fine. But <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but they get to decide how that's how that's ending. It's just so much nonsense for a payoff that does not seem clear to me at all. I'm just really expecting a choose-your-own-adventure version to pop up next season, for sure. I'm making that prediction now. But, like, with the fans deciding what comes next? No, but in that whole, let me present you the story. If I go this direction, this is how my life ends up. If I go this direction, this is how my life ends up. Those types of stories, because they've actually printed comics that way in Archie. There's one where he married Veronica. There was one where he married Betty. I mean, and the two futures look completely different. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do something to that effect. Actually, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. It would, now that it would make total it. sense. It doesn't have to be just Archie. It could be from Jughead's perspective. Um, and that's fine, too. They could they could do one episode for each character with a pivotal choice that they have made in their life, which <sighs> would also be very interesting. What would have happened to Archie if he didn't join the military? What would his life look like? What would have happened? I mean, it won't work, but I was like, what would have happened if Fred hadn't passed away? I mean, they can't do that. They can't (laughs) actually do that. But those are the types of like big moments in their lives. What happened if? (sighs) Whatever. In the present now, we're just doing shit. Well, we're going to be very (laughs) pro-union. That I, I will give them credit for that. All right, so we start this episode with Percival and his crew down at Sketch Alley. We find out that he's going to provide them with all of the tools they need for a small rental fee. And then it comes to find out that their pay, which this would be deducted from, was also less than what was originally discussed. And Fangs is the one who brings this up with the group and Percival. And Percival's like, well, I'm simply responding to fluctuations in the marketplace, Mr. Fogarty. <laughs> okay. You know, you're a dick. Yeah. 
we go over to the new pops as it lives now in the El Royale and Cheryl, Tabitha and Archie are talking. The crews need money, even if they're abused. So they've got to take whatever job they can. Working on the ghost train. (laughs) On the ghost train. And, you know, Percival's just breaking all of his promises and he's extremely anti-union. And it we just really kind of have this conversation. Cheryl says he's all about control and tweed. Um, <laughs> and she's very impatient. She's like, uh, I'm 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 not here for this. I don't. She just keeps wanting to leave. And so Archie asks Cheryl if she could dig up any dirt on Percival's like, hey, your family used to have a relationship with his family. Let me know what you find. She's like, fine. Well, she wants to like just cast spells and kill him. Well, she wants to go hang out with her friend. So, you know, she's not she's she's just not interested. What can I do? Sing Bruce Springsteen covers? No, thank you. Do a leap or bust. Cheryl's being Cheryl again. She's more comic booky, and that's more fun. OG Cheryl. OG Cheryl. OG Cheryl. Yeah. Uh, So she goes, and Tabitha mentions to Archie that she also found out that Percival is charging his crew for coffee. So why don't they show up with one of her pop's food trucks and, you know, give, (laughs) you know, some goodwill? Maybe they'll start hanging out at pop's, the headquarters of the resistance. Ugh. Which, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's the soul of Riverdale is what Pops is. So, like, I'm I'm not as eye-rolly as that. I, I just wish they'd have stuck with Heart of Riverdale because mentioning Resistance is, at this point, just like, come on, guys. Just, it's the heart mm-hmm. of Riverdale. Just have it be the heart of Riverdale. Yeah. We go over to the FBI office, and Drake apparently is now the supernatural expert. I mean, why not? Yeah, and we're talking about Veronica's powers and essentially she's a human dialysis machine and then we also find out that drake actually knows all about her family's rum business uh she was an atf agent a part of the team to track his rum and jingle jangle operations when Hiram was still active um and then she got reassigned to illegal absinthe rings and then we get this little education about absinthe um (laughs) it's illegal because it uses a very poisonous wormwood in it so only like synthetic highly regulated absence is what you can buy on the market so yeah (laughs) like so this conversation is happening and as it's happening betty gets a phone call she's like what's going on she rushes home she looks at alice she's like where is he he's upstairs in your room she runs upstairs and it's charles in her bed Hooked up to a bunch of, like an IV machine. She has gun drawn. She's just, uh, yeah. I mean, she's not again, prepared for ailing Charles. Well, when you are when you are told that your serial killer brother is in your home, mm-hmm. your first instinct is going to be, well, guess it's time to finally kill this guy. So there's another part about this that was also like I don't understand. At no point do we see that Betty tells Jughead that Charles is home or there. Well, Jughead's Char- off. Yeah, but Jughead is also Charles's brother. <sighs> yep. Jughead is off doing his own thing. And I don't think Jughead ever, ever considered Charles his brother. Like, just didn't bother thinking about it. Here's the thing. When Charles was around, FP was never around. So that's part of, like, how they kept the separation from getting too weird. But 
It is a very clear fact in the show that Charles is Jughead's half-brother. It's like he's Betty's half-brother. Yeah. No, no. But I find it very weird that at no point do we see that Betty is talking to Jughead, especially with what she's thinking about doing or not doing. I I don't think it's a clue. I think it's just... I don't necessarily think it's a clue. I think they could use it later to like retcon something between Betty and Jughead. But it's definitely something I noticed. Eh, I think they're just... They, they had both characters so wrapped up in their own shit that they didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's going to play into Jughead scrambling all of these stories and timelines. Mm. Well, it could also be... I mean, I can also see that, you know, Jughead saw through all these memories with her and that's just one that like it makes it too hard. And so like he's purging that. I don't know. We go over to the five season casino and uh, Kevin is in his room uh, with Moose. Uh, Moose is like, hey, this is sweet digs. How do you afford this? And Kevin's like, oh, Percival, I've got to establish a permanent residency and uh, get out of my dad's house in order to get custody of Anthony. And Moose is like, are you still going ahead with that? And Kevin's just like, well, yeah, I don't have much of a choice. <sighs> well, again, this is where I feel like they're, this is where we're like starting to see the cracks of Percival's control. We know that Percival has control over Kevin. We know that. But it's it hasn't been as absolute as we've seen it with other people. So Kevin just started down this path, so he's got to keep going. <sighs> I... I still just don't understand any of the storyline as it relates to anything. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's just big, fat, awful. Will you just go wait? It'll be fine. In two episodes, Kevin's going to get smushed. That's just the way it's going to be. That's really the only thing for us here is that he'll redeem and then he will die. Like, yeah, he'll redeem himself by saving baby Anthony from harm's way and then he'll get smushed. That's that's what's going to happen to Kevin. And then he will be back for season seven. Maybe. Because this show is that weird. I mean, flashbacks for sure. Uh, or they'll just have him respawn like in a comic book. Oh, no, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, he'll just respawn. I'm cool with that. We go back to the Cooper house and apparently Charles is dying of sepsis or leukemia. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the prison is full. That's a wild range of diagnoses. <laughs> Yeah, apparently they don't know. The prison uh, infirmary is full. And Alice just wants to spend what little time they have together, which is just like, just eye rolly Alice is all I can say. I was just like, none of this makes sense, but it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I did. You know, I'm not going to blame this one on the writers. I'm going to blame this one on Jughead. This is lazy Jughead. Yeah. This is lazy <laughs> Jughead writing. Jughead. But. Here's the other part of that I will give a pass. If this is Jughead's writing, this part of the story, I could totally see it as in like, blah, 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 not paying attention to what the diagnosis is. It's something bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's leukemia or sepsis, whatever, something bad. I mean, there's a there's a point to it. I just, it's very weird that they made specific choices on what to maybe call it. Well, they didn't want to be specifics, but essentially it's something in your blood that's making you sick. That's what leukemia really is. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's so true. the whole point is so that they can use our human dialysis machine 
which if you don't know what that is, it filters your blood when your body can't do it for you. It's a horrible thing to have to go through. It sucks. (laughs) But apparently, Veronica is naturally the best version of it. Naturally. (laughs) Naturally. We go over to Sketch Alley, and we've got the Pops truck there. They're handing out coffee, and Frank is pissed. Yep. Uh, He's like, this is against company policy and i was like just like calm down we just want to let everybody know what's going on and tabitha says burgers are going to be 25 cents and you know everyone's like oh nice and like same price as they were back in 49 to which archie gets right in frank's face it's like yeah the same year unions first came to riverdale swing by everybody we're having a bit of an open mic night (laughs) it's very it's very like They're not subtle at all, but they're not doing anything wrong. So I love it. And also, again, the the inclusion of Tabitha into this cast has been so seamless and perfect. I love it. Mm -hmm. The way she interacts with each other character when she's got a storyline with them is so natural. Yeah, it's the one character I cannot fault them on the writing. Even that one episode with the time travel stuff which was awkward but then again it wasn't as bad as i was expecting it to be it paid off pretty well some of its writing i think some of it is just aaron westbrook is that good that you can kind of give her you can pitch her any kind of plot line and she can make it believable no but like usually at this point in a series you get a new character and you're like oh we're shoot we've shoehorned in another person yay but that doesn't like when Frank showed up, this is stupid. He only exists in this world because Luke Perry passed away. That's 100% what happened. Yeah. Tabitha popping up. She's a character in the comic books and it made sense for the time that they like the, the time jump that they made and to have this character make this choice. Love it. And then from there, They've really incorporated her into working with each character in a very organic way. She doesn't hang out with Betty all the time because why would she? Like, why would she? Unless all whole group is hanging out, she doesn't hang out with Betty. But but unless there's a problem like, hey, my friend's gone missing, then she hangs out with the FBI chick because they're on a case. But then once their case is over, they're not hanging out. But that makes sense. Yeah, it's Pops is her domain. Mm -hmm. And if there's a if the story requires them to interact with Pops, they bring Tabitha in in the best ways. They've just they've made it make sense and feel natural instead of like, let's make sure everybody's friends with the new girl. Mm -hmm. Because that's just not how it works. We come over to. Percival is reading Reggie's mind. So he is in the uh, little mind palace that is Reggie's, you know, box of comic books. Love it. Um, I, I really like this conceit. It's very fun. And he opens the comic book that Jughead had been in and he sees the ripped out pages. So then we come back to the present day and Percival's just telling Reggie, yep. You are right. Uh, Mr. Jones stole a memory from you. His fingerprints are all over your mind. And Reggie's just like, it's like an itch I can't scratch and it's driving me crazy. Person's like, I underestimated Mr. Jones. It seems he's a bigger threat than I anticipated. And Reggie's like, hey, I thought you were going to teach me magic. When's that going to happen? 
And so Percival's like, all right, all right, I'm going to teach you one of the oldest arts of deception, ventriloquism. And so he opens this box and there's a ventriloquist doll to which Reggie's like, is that supposed to be me? It looks exactly like him. It does. In, in ventriloquist doll form. Of Let's course. be clear. No, no doll can capture the essence of Charles Melton. I don't know. That one was pretty good. I really like the shine on his hair. That uh-huh. made me happy. And the chin dimple. It has a good chin dimple. But Percival's like, this is a totem. Tomorrow during Jughead's act, you're going to distract him by throwing your voice. And while he's doing that, I'm going to go into his mind and hopefully do some damage. Not enough to kill him, but certainly enough to incapacitate him. Riverdale. Rutlow. Rutlow. Danger. Jughead. Danger. No. that I do love that Jughead is just completely oblivious to what's coming. He's not oblivious. He's not oblivious at all. Because he specifically put the safeguards that he thought would work in place. That's true. But he doesn't know as much as Percival does. Percival outsmarted him. Uh, We're back at Pops and we're talking to Fangs and Carlos. And Carlos is another gentleman who's working on the crew. And Archie is just chatting with them about, you know, why a union is a good thing. Um, It's good for them. And that just kind of reiterating how Percival is exploiting them and just reminding Carlos that like, hey, you've been a union guy for a really long time. And they're kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, you're not wrong. And, but they, they mentioned that Percival is not going to go for this. I'm like, okay, well, what's the harm in asking? Cause you know, it's Archie. He's the eternal optimist. I mean, this is very preachy. But it's good. But it's good. It's good information. It's good. You know, I think it's good for the target audience to know. Cause uh, Macintosh and Mod is pro union. Solidarity forever for the union makes us strong. That sounds like a cult stand. That's the song. I, I know. That is the makes... song that they sing. Come when on. When you say it like that, you sound like you're in a cult. Mm, I could say a cultier. We go over to the casino office. Veronica has some questions for Officer Drake or Agent Drake. And essentially, Drake is down to clown. She wants to invest in absinthe that Veronica makes. That's what it is. That's what's going on. What? Veronica has a twist. She's she's going to use wormwood, but remove the poisonous effects. Yeah. That's her idea. She's 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 gonna filter it herself. Yeah, but it it being natural and having all of the same flavor and impact. Mm-hmm. Which uh, and if you don't know, wormwood is supposed to have hallucinogenic properties. That's what gives it its green fairy effect, but mm-hmm. it's very poisonous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We go over to the Cooper house and Betty is sitting down with Charles. She has some questions. I love that we get right to like, what happened with Chick? Um, <laughs> did y'all ever like get married? And they didn't. We find out that they were put in separate wings when they took him back to Shankshaw. And so Charles has had zero contact with him. But, you know, Chick, he's a survivor. So ding, ding, ding. We're going to be seeing Chick again. No, oh, God. I mean, here's another thing that's not so secret. Hart Denton, who played Chick, hangs out with these guys all the time. He's constantly (laughs) in the cast Instagram pictures. So he's up there in Vancouver a lot. I mean. So like, no shade, no shade. He was a great actor. He was interesting. So cool. (laughs) Like, whatever. 
but yeah, he's definitely coming back. Well, honestly, it makes sense for what's coming. Yeah, I mean, if Charles isn't going to be dead, then Chick can hang around. Betty goes on to ask a few more things. She's like, are you afraid? Basically, she's afraid. She Basically, she asks if he's afraid of dying and what comes after it. And Charles said, I've made my peace with it. I've done some terrible things. And I guess this is my punishment. And she raises an eyebrow. And mm-hmm. based on what happens later in this episode, mm-hmm. I want to know if she sees an aura. Yes, I think is wise to not to show us now. But I feel like that's more of, we know that both Charles and Betty have killed people. Betty's killed yes. people for different reasons. And so, so it would be really easy to put them in the same bucket. But Betty is also questioning, especially after her confrontation with her mother in the previous episodes, is she really a good person or is she just like playing jump rope with this line? Yeah. Well, also it would by if they showed us the aura, that would pretty much nail our theory Mm -hmm. because he's not a threat. He's not a threat, but he's probably lying. And I think he's probably lying in that he's terrified to die. Yeah. No. I mean, we get it later in the episode and we get that 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 understanding. But I was like, oh, man, I want to know that. Yeah. I want to know that for a theory. Sure. I think that would be interesting because then she's not so much an aura detector so much as a lie detector. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go over to Thornhill and Heather and Cheryl are looking through correspondence and just stuff for dirt. And <laughs> apparently one of the letters references a really important arcane text called the Malleus Maleficarum to which Cheryl's like, huh? <laughs> Apparently, Pickens stole this book from a Blossom ancestor, and Cheryl's like, I don't think this is the dirt I want. And so, blah, blah, blah. I can teach you an invisibility spell. What do you know about that, Cheryl? Only from Harry Potter and the Wizards of Waverly Place that you need a special cloak. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck JK Rowling. Yes. But I love this reference. That was a good joke. It's a very good joke. It's a very good joke. I also love it because those are two of the most wholesome, like witchcraft and wizardry type shows. <laughs> and she could have picked from a variety of other references that are less, I don't want like kid friendly, just less Disney and WB, if you will. But of course, they mentioned the Malleus Maleficar, and I'm like, oh, great, more Sabrina bullshit. Of course. It's just, Whoa, yeah. of course it is. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Basically, the way this spell works is you have to hold your breath and keep a level head um, as you bend the spectrum of visible light around you. Which is, okay, cool. I really like this explanation of how to be invisible <laughs> without a special cloak. I'm into it. So... Uh, all of a sudden, there's knocking on the door. Veronica uh, is there. Cheryl is severely put out by this. <laughs> and Veronica's like, hey, so um, do you have any books about distilling absinthe? And also, can I have any wormwood you have? And Cheryl's like, fine, wait here, Spider Woman. <laughs> I love how they stand there for a minute. And Veronica just does the little grin. Like, yeah, it's just like, I, and Cheryl's just like, I'm not inviting you in. <laughs> it is not happening. Uh, Veronica being like the ruiner of fun in many of these episodes is quite good. Mm-hmm. Just lots of mischievous grins from Cammy Mendez. Yeah. 
Uh, so we head on over to Pops and Percival wants to give Archie a jab. He's like, I emphasize with your concerns for my employees. And the truth is I could use a man like you. Keep me honest and protect the crew he commands all while earning a pretty penny for his effort. And Archie's just like, the fact that you think I can be bought or bribed just shows how corrupt and deluded you are, which true. Like you clearly haven't been paying attention to who Archie Andrews is because you're a dumb dumb. No. (laughs) And he's just like, maybe you'll come to realize that whatever you're building, whatever you're really building, Riverdale's not the place for it. Okay, then. Well, confrontation, Percival's not going to get his way. Not immediately. Mm. We go downstairs to the White Worm and Tangs is meeting with, I guess, their lawyer. Yeah. And uh, they never get really introduced other than uh, she's going over the rap sheets. Doesn't look good. Uh, They try to argue like most of that was when we were minors. So it really shouldn't matter. Um. And she's just like, well, you know, here's the thing. Kevin's lawyers are going to use every bit of information to expose you as unfit parents. He also wants a paternity test to which Fangs gets really pissed. Like he's only going to use that against us, which the lawyer's like, yeah, that's kind of how this works. Uh, She asks if they've given any thought to possibly retiring from the serpents. Fangs says, no, we're not. But we've been serpents since birth. And Tony mentions the rebranding from a biker gang into a political activist group. And she says, well, if that's going to happen, I suggest it happens fast. So then we cut directly to, I guess, after she's left and Fangs is just pissed and he doesn't, he doesn't like the lawyer. Tony's like, it's okay. We don't have to like her. We just need her to win our case. And she's like, um, have you thought about my proposal? And his hesitation here is fair. He's like, yes, I have, but I want to make sure I'm getting married for the right reasons. To which Tony's like, wouldn't stability in baby Anthony's life be a right reason? Us being a family united? And to which he retorts with, you mean like the serpents? (laughs) So like, I can appreciate this part of this conflict. I mean, this whole thing is stupid, but this makes sense. She proposed to him. For her son, not because she's in love with him, not because she wants to marry him. I'm not trying to delegitimize their relationship and their true, honest feelings for each other. But she didn't propose because she wants to get married. She proposed for her son's benefit. Also completely valid. But I like that in this moment is where Fangs is like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like he wants to make sure he's getting married because it's the right thing. So like, I, I can appreciate that. Fangs does not want to get married just for the sake of having that on paper to win the custody case. Yeah. No. like He's like, I'm not getting married to someone if if that's not like what we're actually doing. Yeah. And he was going to marry Kevin. He yes. was all in on Kevin. Kevin's the one who called all that shit off. Kevin's the one who blew up their lives. Yes. So, yeah, that's and that's the thing. That's another part of why this is this is why Fangs is so pissed off. Oh, for sure. I. This is so much better than the patriarchal horse shit that we had in the last episode. Yeah, and like, and there was a way they could have had a flavor of that without it feeling like it completely went against Fangs' actual yeah. character. All of this makes sense. This is in keeping with Fangs' actual character. I do think we're <laughs> we're having to do a lot of digging to get that subtext. <laughs> um 
I wish it had been like, you know, I was going to get married before and I felt like it was the best, most perfect thing for me. And then the rug got pulled out from under me and I don't want that to happen again. And I don't want to be a person to do that to somebody. So I'm nervous about getting married and it not being the right thing. Well, this show's too lazy to think about that. Well, we just really want all the drama of the, who's the baby's daddy? (laughs) Uh, So we go over to the casino and it's time for um, another, you know, the Fantastic Forsyth show. Um, Reggie's there. He's really fucking annoyed and he throws his voice and this rattles Jug. Uh, he, he gets a little like, what? And Veronica's there been like, please, no heckling. <laughs> and so we see Percival go into his mind and we see Jughead's door, a door to Jughead's mind, if you will. And it says, keep out. This means you, Percival. <laughs> and, and around the frame of the door are pictures. And we really only see one side. And one is um, a picture of FP. And then we see a picture of Tabitha. And then there's a picture of him and Archie. And I, I guarantee you when we get another look at the other side, that's where a bunch of pictures of Betty are going to be. That or Rivervale shit. Probably a bunch of comic book things. Oh, no, that's on the other side of the door. Yeah, that's on the other side of the door. Okay, but, cool. So I like this. And Percival just kind of smirks at, you know, keep out Percival bullshit. And he goes to open the door and it's locked he can't get in mm-hmm. and he's a little annoyed so later he's talking with Reggie, and it's like uh it's not going to be as simple as i thought i need something to pry my way in a talisman an object of mr jones is something that was an essential part of his being any notions to which reggie back in high school you never saw jones without a stupid beanie no oh, every day 24 7 and Percival's like, hmm. And Reggie's like, he buried it in a time capsule, but I know exactly where it is. <laughs> Which I love this. I fucking love this. <laughs> now, I, I do want to remind the viewers that pretty consistently through the time jump, since the beanie went into the capsule, Jughead's outfit has included the pins that were originally on his beanie. It's the bar and the dot. Um, it's been like it's been a lot of the suit lapels. So he is still like rocking the beanie light, if you will. Yeah. Also, his hair has been acting as a beanie because his hair is a whole character. Very, <laughs> very <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. It's the whole thing. I'm into it. <laughs> I have to I have to give credit to to the the subtle nods on Jug's mentalist work. Mm-hmm. Like initially it was, well, you're thinking of a number. But what I really liked in this part is that. Jughead is still playing that give and take game of mm-hmm. they're needing to suggest the thing from the audience member. Mm-hmm. Like there's still a bit of leading the audience, oh, sure. which makes it this sort of half in between mind reading thing. Sure. It was a really subtle nod to the actual practice of mentalism mm-hmm. that I thought was really cool. Yeah. You you lead them so that they give away information. Yep. It's just that he has a magical ability that helps him do it even better. Yeah. Percival also tells Reggie that he's going to need to get a couple of different things because the disguise must be absolute. Uh, We go back to Pops and this time Archie is giving a bunch of the guys the talk about unionizing 
Uh, he's like, you know, what did they say? To pound sand because Percival doesn't care about you. All you wanted was to be treated fairly like human beings and doesn't see it that way. To him, you're a piece of equipment like a shovel or a sledgehammer. Don't we, you know, want to keep a roof over our heads and feed our families? And they're all like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, we like we agree with this. It's it's Archie's waiting for lefty moment. It's, it is. Organize. Organize. Yeah. We go over to the Cooper house. Betty's talking to Charles about like, what was he like as a kid? Apparently Charles caught a possum and did some shit. And he's like, like, kind of like when you killed Caramel. And she's like, no, that was a mercy kill. And Charles is like, I mean, I think about that possum a lot. I imagine if I could go back in time and set it free um, instead of what I did to it, I could, my shadow self could have remained dormant. And so like this makes Betty be like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. I do like Betty, though. It's interesting the way that she comes out with that's not the same because it's not defensive. Mm -hmm. Like you would expect her to immediately jump and be like, that's not that's not the same. And it's not. She's actually pondering it. Well, her thing is and this is this is one thing that we've never seen on the show. What happened before that? We've never actually seen it. So it's making her think, have I reframed that event like so we've seen what happens after this grooming conversation she has with her father but what happened before did caramel actually like get hurt and it was like this this cat is in some pain we need to put this cat out of its misery or did she put it in that state we don't know well i think if anything her father put it in that state and had her do the thing it would it would not surprise me that makes more sense to me for betty but that is context to that memory that we don't have and it wouldn't surprise me if we go back into that memory to see the the beginning of that event we might i just found it interesting the way that she delivered it mm-hmm. of it not being so much defensive and it being Wait though, they're not the same thing, mm-hmm. and it, and I, I I feel like it's more these gears slowly turning for Betty of like there is a difference here. Yeah, like sure. we've both we've both been extremely traumatized, but mine went in a very different direction. Mm-hmm. Sure, we go back to Sketch Alley where the crew is taking a break, and Kevin is showing one of the other guys uh, photos of Anthony. It's like, oh, it's total heartbreaker, right? He gets that from me. He looks just like his daddy. And Fangs hears this. And he's like, Anthony's not your son. If he was, you wouldn't have walked out on him like a coward. And he just gets in his face and he's about to start a fight. And Kevin is about to fight him back and the rest of the crew kind of like pulls him back. I don't blame Fangs for that. Absolutely. That is some horseshit. That's some horse fucking shit if ever there was some i mean uh uh-uh. and no fangs is a thousand percent right yeah and this is all before we know about the biology involved uh, well and the other issues involved with how this plot is working mm-hmm. which i have a theory about that too oh <laughs> so we're outside Percival's shop we're having a you know uh, heather's you know reminding cheryl how this works so Heather opens the door and, you know, the the chime goes and Cheryl holds her breath and walks right on in. And Heather's there. She's asking about a book, blah, 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 blah. Cheryl goes into this back room. She finds the book, but she knocks another book over. So it makes a big thud. So Percival goes back there to see, like, what's up? And Cheryl has to, like, hold her breath. 
and remain calm and bend the light around her so that Percival can't see her. And he like he knows something's up. He doesn't know what, but he knows something's up. And so he puts the book back on the shelf and he goes back to help Heather. Blah, blah, blah. blah. They get the book. <laughs> Cheryl having a couple of fantastic moments there, including holding her breath and waving her hand in front of Percival's face. Yeah, she had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> we go to Veronica's office. She has a distillery in there now. And she's decided she's going to leach wormwood by hand. So she's going to metabolize it in her hand, essentially. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Betty is talking to Archie in their room. She's talking about moral corruption leads to bodily corruption. And so like they're, they're having this conversation. And then she looks across the window and she can see her mom walking towards Charles with the pillow. She runs over that. Alice is smothering Charles and she pulls him off of her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should we should also say the moral corruption thing is Drake's hypothesis. Yes. Drake's hypothesis. Yes. Drake has a lot of hypotheses right now. She's, you know, she's an expert, if you will. Mm-hmm. Sure she is. We go over to Tank's apartment. Tony is fucking pissed at Fang's. As well. She should be. As she should. To which Fangs is like, oh, so you're taking Kevin's side over mine? She's like, no! Like, but this is going to get you in trouble. And it's like, maybe you should be taking Anthony's side instead of worrying about your damn ego. Which, all fair. All fair. Thank you, Tony Topaz. I'm all right with this. Uh, We go back to the Cooper house and Betty's talking to her mom. And apparently this was the deal that Charles and her made. Like she was going to put him out of his misery. And but he's just like, you're going to regret this in a week, two months, three years, the rest of your life. And I was like, what are we supposed to do? Just let him suffer. She's like, I don't know. But there's been enough murder in this house. Yay, Betty. Yay, Betty. And I think that's also really important is that Betty may have may have had a reason for every person that she killed like a good reason but it doesn't make her regret it less yeah like this is a horrible thing that i had to do and i regret it Uh, that to me is the whole thread through this episode for her is that she's she's finally realizing especially with reconfronting charles Mm -hmm. of like it's not that there was an evil inside Mm -hmm. of me compelling me to kill it's that i've had to bear the trauma of that And if there's a chance I can stop it, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. And like Charles killed people. He doesn't feel bad about it. He feels bad that he has to suffer the consequences of it. Yeah. Um, Betty feels bad about it. And it's like, oh, well, bad shit happens to me because I did bad shit. Like, this is my karma. Okay. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a big difference. So that's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. We go over to Thornhill. Heather calls Cheryl a witch. <laughs> And like she's making like flirty eyes at her, and Cheryl's like, mm, as much as I'd love to sit here and read sweet passages to each other, uh, I need to return to the Blossom Archives and see if we can find anything to help Archie in his latest drab crusade. Heather does not look pleased about this. She looks a slightly annoyed. Now that could just be that she wants to get it all, Michelle. Sure, I mean, it could be. And Cheryl but- is nervously being like, "No, thank you, please." Eh. <laughs> um, but, but it could also be evil. It could be some evil. I want to say Satan because, I mean, 
Sabrina, but Madam Satan, but it's not Madam Satan. Please bring Michelle Gomez to this show. I please, I fucking love that bitch. She's amazing. Um, but Heather has a collection of letters that might require further scrutiny. Okay, all right, right, cool. We go back to Percival's shop and he's got the item. So he's got the beanie. He's got photos of him with a bunch of different people. Uh, We've got Jughead's book and we've got his serpent jacket. So like he's getting all set up to do this. We go back to Kevin's room and Moose is asking about paternity. And he's like, do you really not know which one of you is Anthony's real father? I really wish they would have said a biological father as opposed to real father. Yeah. Again, being a parent has nothing to do with biology. Although on the flip side, this is how Kevin thinks of it. No, agreed. And Kevin's like, we don't. We wanted it to be that way. So neither Fangs or I would feel less of a father than the other. Why do you ask? And Moose is like, I'm just trying to understand why you're so hellbent on ruining your friendships to get soul custody. I think it makes me think it's because you're afraid you're not his real father. (laughs) Thank you, Moose, for cutting Kevin to the core. (laughs) I, I think that was very much intended. Oh, like sure. I think it's I think it actually makes a ton of sense to point it that way because this is how Kevin thinks of it. Yeah. And it just leads me to think that Moose is that guardian angel. It does. But OK, we're over at Archie's house and Percival calls and Vase is like, hey, did you reconsider my offer? And I was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we really need you on our team. We had a terrible accident today. A worker lost a foot. Seems your agitation is distracting the crew, and I'm deeply concerned that unless you back off, more workers will suffer the same tragic fate. Bye for now. Okay, so he's taking limbs from people. Ugh. I like to, because Archie's not like ready for punchy punchy. He's just no. like, well, shit, we have to rethink this. <laughs> well, he's like, I'm going to have to change tactics because I don't want anything bad to happen to these people. Yeah. He would he would give up the union effort in a second if it meant it would save their lives. Yeah. Which is growth. It's Archie growth. It's Archie growth. He's learning that it's not always about punchy punchy. Mm-hmm. Betty has an idea. Uh, she's talking to Alice. I think there's something we might be able to do to help Charles. And she's like, but it's terminal, Betty. And Betty's like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> Archie goes over to Thornhill and Cheryl has a letter. It's between her great uncle, Brayden Blossom, and Percival's great grandfather, Paxton Pickens. Um, that has to do with the minor strike in 49. Okay. Archie's like, cool. Now I go back to the casino. Jughead's trying to do his gag again. And Reggie throws his voice and calls Percival to say, like, he's he's doing it. All right. So he's at his shop and he's wearing a Southside Serpent shirt. He's put on the jacket and then he puts on the beanie. So let me tell you, that looks really good on that man. Mm-hmm. It makes him look really attractive. I'm here yeah. for this. So then we see he goes into Jughead's mind and he's able, and we just see him from behind and he looks exactly like Jughead. Like with the way it's framed, I wouldn't even be surprised if they had the door built so that when he's walking towards it, he looks like he's the same height as Cole Sprouse. Yeah. I don't know what their actual height difference is, but it, that's how seamless it looks from the back. 
It's very well done. <laughs> like, I also wouldn't be surprised if Cole Sprouse filmed that so that it did appear to be him. Don't care. Good job, y'all. You did a good. You did a good. Yep. He's able to open the door. And when he does that, one of the other things that Percival walks into Jughead's mind with is one of like the Riverdale choice papers, or maybe it's the blue and gold. But no, it's the the Riverdale choice. Okay, it's Riverdale choice. So one of the papers he's worked on and he's able to open the store and then he jams the paper in the door jam so that the door can't shut. And all of a sudden had Jughead starts hearing everyone's thoughts, not just like a person he focuses on, but literally everyone overlapping and he cannot continue. He has to leave. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to Veronica's office and Veronica's like, what's going on? Did you choke? And he's like, I don't know. It's like a tidal wave. I can hear everything and I can't shut it off and I still can't. And I feel like I'm going to explode. And Veronica's like, let's just cancel the rest of our shows tonight. You can rest. And he's like, okay, I got to get out of here. Like it's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go over to the Tang's apartment and Britta's still alive. Yay. Well, we knew she was alive. We she, knew she was alive. But you know. have information about Greendale. Sure. But uh, she's here. She's the babysitter. And then we find out that Kevin came by to play with baby Anthony. He said that he does that sometimes. And now they can't find the pacifier, to which Tony is fucking pissed. But she does the very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you should get home, Britta. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mama's got to go take care of some shit. Mama's got to go bust some ass. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Jughead goes over to Pops and he's, you know, looking at everyone and he he's hearing everyone's voices and he even sees Tabitha and he doesn't go and talk to her. He's so overwhelmed. He he runs away. What interesting thing though, he is able to focus a little bit. He he's able to focus on her for a minute, but then he just gets side he gets pulled to somebody else. Like it's all yeah. overlapping. Yeah. It's it's still way too overwhelming. It's just interesting because it's like, huh, okay. Mm. Well, because he's going to have to go into his own mind and shut that door. Mm, I don't know. I have theories. Theory. Okay. Uh, we go back over to the Cooper house. Veronica's there to filter Charles's blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yes. that's what happens. Veronica is a human dialysis machine. Uh, Tony busts into Kevin's room, beats the shit out of him. He's like, you were doing this to steal his DNA. So you can prove you're his father. He will, n- You will never be his father. Uh, I'm not leaving without the pacifier. Where is it? She punches him again. Like, Kevin's looking rough. He's like, it's in my jacket. And she goes, if you ever come within 10 feet of my baby again, I will throw you off this building. She's <laughs> like, yeah, Kevin's going to go smush. Do um, not ever fuck with Antoinette Topaz. Yeah. Uh, Jughead goes home and he's just panicking. He cannot turn them off. He cannot turn them off. So he grabs a piece of paper. Okay. This was a this was a big long scene when we didn't need to pace like five times back and forth. No, it was a bit much. Like we get it. This sucks. It's not good. Then we go back to Pops, and now Tabitha and Archie are having like the really big meeting with all of them. Like this is like the official. Yes, we need to unionize. They're reading this letter. Tabitha reads the letter from the Pickens to Blossoms. And basically, they're just saying how it's a bunch of anti-union type of talk in in the letter. But it's also just like, these workers are awful. 
their, you know, we got to break their backs and remind them of their place, which is beneath our heels. And the fact that they they talk about, you know, they heard about Sal, they're going to help with medical expenses, but no one from the company has checked in. Yeah, they haven't heard anything from them. So the callousness, the callousness of ownership. Yeah. And then we have one like really fun little nugget that just brings a lot of joy to our hearts. (laughs) As they're panning over the crowd, there is a gentleman wearing a red plaid uh, hood, like hoodie shirt, jacket shirt. Um, He's sitting right next to Fangs. That is none other than one of our friends from college, Daniel Garcia. (laughs) Hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. He has been in a bunch of our favorite uh, television shows and he'll just pop up randomly like, wait, that's Daniel. That's Daniel. He went to college with him. He's a lovely guy. I was so, it's so fun to see one of the people that, you know, we, we hung out with, we know, (laughs) um, making, make, you know, being on our television. That's very cool. So, uh, Daniel's lovely. I hope to see more of him on my television more often. (laughs) <laughs> it's just, it just really is like oh my god that's daniel yeah yeah spotted it and was like no way david has like diana is this who i think it is yes it is <laughs> we have fun it's great uh we go over to thornhill and cheryl confesses to heather that the whole library thing was a ruse she just wanted her to stay and heather's like i want to stay too like which I love. I love that this is the thing I like about this Cheryl is that she is so unsure of herself. She doesn't have an upper hand with Heather. Yes. And so her lying to Heather is just her natural inclination. Like, how do I get you to stay longer? But spending time with her, like she like this shows the tiniest bit of growth in Cheryl. Still fuck this character because they screwed her up a lot. But I do appreciate that here. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to do that to you. Like that fucked up other things in my life. I don't want to do that here. So I'm just going to be honest as soon as I can. Just make them smooch. Yeah. Like they can smooch. They can be cool. They clearly, they definitely, they already have a healthier relationship than her and Tony. (laughs) For real. Uh, We go over to the Tang's apartment and Tony is icing her hand. And (laughs) Fangs is like, serpent jacket, brass knuckles. Did you get into one last fight for old time's sake? Which is cute. It's very funny. And she's like, yeah, actually, uh, we're not rebranding um, because then we'd be denying who we are and apologizing. And those are all signs of weakness. And we need to be strong, especially when Kevin and his team will sink to any level to mess with our family. And uh, Fang's like, what do you do? Made a bold move. But now the gloves are off. Full steam ahead. Which is why I think it's time we induct baby Anthony into the serpents ASAP. And it's only fitting that you, his father, Choose his serpent name. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, well, Tony, I mean, she's Tony Topaz. I guess Tony is her serpent name. Her real name's Antoinette. Fangs, I'm guessing his real name isn't Fangs. <laughs> but he just goes by Fangs because that's a serpent well, name. So now what okay, are they going to get? Fangs, Sweepy, yeah, Jughead, yeah, those, I get it. Those aren't their real names. No. Those are their serpent names. I'm fine with all of this. Like, it's not like Tony is very, uh, uh, creative but whatever (laughs) um so now it's like what is anthony's name gonna be well so let's get later in the episode and then we can have some real conjecture on that okay well fangs says yes i'll marry you oh oh yay whatever yeah we go up to 
Kevin's room and Percival's there. And Kevin's just like, I'm sorry, I messed up the plan. Tony ambushed me and took the pacifier before I could take it to the lab. And Percival is just like annoyed. It's like, you are a worthless soldier to me, essentially. Um, <laughs> like that's basically his, uh, his look at you. Like you're not worth this to me anymore. And Percival just says, don't worry yourself, Kevin. Oh, by the way, you aren't baby Anthony's biological fathers. Fangs is. Oh boy. And Kevin's like, how do you know that? Because I know things, Kevin. For instance, I know what that baby represents. He is Riverdale's greatest hope. It's spirit. Baby Anthony is the future, Kevin, which is a problem because I too am the future and there can be only one. (laughs) Okay, now we can start guessing as to Anthony's name. (sighs) Here's my guess, Jughead. No. Really? No. Jughead's going to die, so... No, no. Jughead's not going to die. Kevin's going to die. Kevin's going to die saving baby Anthony. Baby Anthony's serpent name is going to pay homage to Kevin, who, while may not, who, here's my other thing. Kevin is the biological father. I don't think so. I think so. Percival's killing his, is using it to hurt Kevin. Uh, That's, that's what's going to happen. And that's how Fangs is going to honor Kevin in his death. It's like you, like you screwed up, but when it counted, you were there for Anthony. And that's what a father is. That's what's going to happen. You hate me because, right? Well, no, I'm just now I'm thinking like, so what the fuck do you name him? Kevin? No. And I was thinking like, what's like Kevin Keller? Like, like, what's his name? His name's Kevin Keller. You can name um, him Keller, maybe. Keller, Keller Topaz, which would be a cool name. I mean, it's good. It's a good name. I don't hate it. Like, yeah, I don't know what that would, but I feel like that's what it would become. Ugh, whatever. Yeah. Also, Moose is just in the background. Moose is just like kind of hanging out, which I think leads more credence to like, he's here, but what's his purpose? And like the, the, the guardian angel, but like also like, what's going on, Marmaduke? Well, but also does Percival know he's there? Because Percival never acknowledges him. No, he doesn't. And that's the other thing is, is Tony never acknowledged Moose when she came in so yeah. that's what i feel like he might that's i said this before i thought he was a figment of his imagination it's entirely possible and, and it and it could be a a figment of his imagination that's also a, a representation of that sort of guardian angel thing sure um it's just that his is not ethereal because he's so in fucking deep with percival exactly and so he needed uh like that's he turned that into his emotional touch point because he's not connected to any of this other drama that's happening which also makes sense he needs needs a tether tether. his new tether is going to become baby anthony because he needs to make it right with his friends which moose is pointing out to him because kevin knows this is wrong yeah I'm right. I'm so right about this. Kevin is actually the biological father. He's going to die. Well, I don't know about Anthony. That. I, I don't know if we're going that far, but okay. I am fucking calling it. I think I said that earlier, but things have flopped around so much. Whatever. So that's what I'm sticking with. Now that we've told them that Kevin, no, it's a yes. Classic switcheroo. Anyway, Chick 2.0 feels a lot better. Yeah. Charles feels great. Like that's, he's not, that's not all a the good way thing. better. He's not all the way better, uh, but yeah, but he does have an idea for how to trap TBK, <laughs> which I will say this for all the bullshit back and forth we've had with Charles. I really appreciated him being the one being like, hey, serial killer, serial killer. I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> uh, 
I do love Betty also like, I'm not sure you deserved it. And him being like, what actually changed your mind for mom and yeah. for me? Yeah. Which is like, yay. Yay, Betty. Yay, your mom's a bitch, but you don't want bad things to happen to her. Well, and, and your mom can atone. <laughs> sure. Alice sure. did once. Alice will again. Yeah. We go over to Sketch Alley and Archie's there to meet Percival. And Percival's like, oh, you you got my message. Where's the rest of our crew, Archie? Oh, they're not coming. They asked me to be the representative and they took a vote and it was unanimous. Your crew's on strike. <laughs> and he's like, is that a fact? Yeah, looks like your railroad's not going to be built anytime soon. Certainly not by workers in Riverdale. So we'll see. So, like, he's just like, do, 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 And Percival's like, well, we'll see how strong their resolve is in the face of what's coming. You haven't seen any real fighting yet, but you will. I love Archie's point of they voted. Yeah. I didn't take a vote. I didn't rally him to anything. They decided. They voted. Because you don't recognize the power that this town has. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's. That's the beautiful thing about this message and, and actually being pro-union is like, look, man, when it comes down to it, it's about people mm-hmm. <laughs> deciding we're done with this shit. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Also, Moose, there, but definitely not acknowledged. Nope. Love it. I know, it's the best. Betty goes over to Veronica's office. They're chatting over a glass of what is clearly absinthe, his green. And... Betty just like okay um thanks for doing that and Veronica's like I felt a little fluey but afterwards I was fine um <laughs> love it and but he's like can I book your casino for a special event like a fan convention and she's like yeah sure like a comic-con she's like it'd be a convention for fans of serial killers which I love this this is a great setup for the musical episode oh which- man as far as we can tell, because there hasn't been a ton of publicity about it as of the recording of this, it's not so much a musical episode, but it will be featuring songs from the musical American Psycho, which is a jukebox musical. Yeah, for the most part. Which I'm fine with. That's cool. It would also make sense that some of our characters would sing. Um, and then what happens next also gets Cole away, so he doesn't have to do any of that shit. <laughs> if he doesn't want to. Uh, I do love Veronica's yet again, huh, face. <laughs> We're doing what now? Cammy has her quizzical look is very good the whole back half is just her making the most like what the fuck is happening faces I appreciate this it's very good so we cut over to the Jabatha apartment Tabitha comes home and she sees a note from Jughead and it says something is happening to me I can't block out people's voices their thoughts have lost control I don't know how or why but it's too much for me. I need to get away. And I'm hoping that if I go someplace quiet, more importantly, remote, the voices will calm down and I'll be able to close the door in my mind again, if that's how it works. Um, I don't know. I'll be in touch soon. Love, Jughead. And while this is happening, we see Jughead and we're zooming out and we see that he is in the bunker. We haven't been there in a while. I appreciate that it still exists. Good, quiet space for him. Good, quiet in. space, remote. Um, also like a place where Jughead also feels relatively safe. He's lived down there for a while. Mm-hmm. And as his narration ends, we hear the voices. And what he's hearing is maybe that's why she brains him with a hammer. Would you sell your soul to the devil? Any other force of evil? And so we keep hearing it. And as it's happening, we kind of zoom out of Jughead and into the entrance 
that little hallway from the ladder to the bunker and we go into darkness. But as that's happening, we are hearing more and more dialogue that was all featured in Rivervale. But more importantly, we're hearing the typewriter click. Rivervale. Yes. So that's definitely where this is all going to converge. Riverdale. Riverdale. Davavale. Delvin. I mean, that's how they did it. They they switched the D and the V for, for funsies. Yeah, I'm fine with this. Um, I love this. It's also a great setup for the fact that Jughead's going to have to go do this battle. This battle is not going to be like on an actual ground. It's going to be in Jughead's mind. And that's the battle. Part of it. A, yes, a chunk of it is going to be happening in his mind. And then a part of it's going to be in the real world. That's fine. Those are the real world consequences of what's going on in his mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But again, what the fuck are they doing with the rest mm-hmm. of it? That's what I... Ugh. Like, it honestly goes to the Tony Fangs Kevin shit is the most frustrating part. Yeah, because it's just... It's so unnecessary for what I, is will ultimately be probably not a big payoff for either character. Like, I understand if, you, if you're going to kill off a character, especially one we've had since S1E1, you want to give it stakes. You want to have give it emotional weight. You want your you want your viewers to be invested in your show. Kill a character they love. They're gonna get invested fast. Well, yeah. Whether they it, love it or hate it, it's true. It's just the way it works. But the problem is, is that the stakes that they've now raised are so gross. That's the problem with it. That it's a complete turnoff, and it's already made me hate the character. <laughs> it also doesn't help that we've been saying for quite some time that. Casey Cott is being wasted on the show and he should leave as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we also have to worry about the fact that, look, Tabitha says there's only two scenarios that they win and Jughead dies in every single scenario. Yep. But which Jughead? Mm-hmm. 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 It'll be interesting. So I guess we got to go see what's happening next time, don't we? Yeah. What's happening next time? <laughs> We're going to have Slaughter Con. <laughs> Kevin says, I'll never forgive myself if we hurt that baby. So at some point, this spell is officially broken. Well, so I read something. Mm-hmm. I, I think I caught the plot synopsis. Okay. And it says that recent events with Tony send Cheryl to team up with an unlikely acquaintance. So on IMDb. The synopsis for next week is, in order to catch trash bag killer once and for all, Betty devises a plan to hold a serial killer convention in Riverdale. Elsewhere, Cheryl receives some news about Tony and Fangs that sends her spiraling. It's obviously the wedding. Mm -hmm. While Archie and Tabitha try to loosen the grip uh, Percival has over his workers. So Kevin is one of those workers, but I feel like it's, I don't don't even know. (laughs) It's very messy. It's, it's, it's. Not great. Also, I fucking called the Drake. You have the hot Betty for stuff. Agent Drake. We don't know if that's in regards to Betty. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm fairly certain. Which is fine. Um, you know, if they're bringing some of that bisexual flavor to Betty, that's fine. The actress Billy Reinhardt is openly bisexual, so like, cool. Um, but to what end? 
Like, what's the point? Like, don't like she finally got Archie. They're good. Don't fuck it up with this bullshit. But hold on. Mm -hmm. Drake. Mm -hmm. We've openly talked about being a Starkweather. Yeah. So what if it's that thing of, okay, I'm having feelings that I've never had before. This is weird. And she's really attractive and she's flirting with me and it's given me lots of feelings and I'm very confused and it's all to lure her in. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me either. But also like technically Betty is a blossom, which is also a stark weather. So then it's like, are we Twin Peaks in this shit? Come on. Of course we I mean, also source material for sure. But no, I I could see that being the case. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be something where she's not with Archie. I think it's going to be more that discussion of like, I don't really know, but it's different for me. (laughs) Sure. That's what I would. That's what I would hope they would go with is more the Betty being like, it's like, are you off rage Drake? I'm like, I don't know. It feels like a crush. (laughs) It's like, this is really weird. Never had this before, (laughs) which I would be fine with. Yeah. But Betty just being like, this is new. This is different. <laughs> this is different. <laughs> uh, it's, I I don't know. But the serial killer con is such a good bit. It's so I'm, good. I'm into it. I do think, I don't think Jughead's going to close that door. I think what he's going to realize is that the only way to have his powers is to have that door open. Well, it was closed before and his powers worked, but I don't. I don't, I don't. He would need to summon all the strength of that power. And it's also the only way he can uh, truly understand what's coming through the other side. Maybe, but that seems, that that also feels clunky. I feel like he's not going to lock it. I feel like it's going to be this thing of like, I know how to close this now. So I don't need to close it. I think that might be after the final battle's done. Maybe. But, I don't know. He's uh, just going to have to learn how to like super control those powers now for like real. Also, we have a clip. He is in the episode. Is he? Because he's not in the cast list. Ooh, but he's in the trailer. Well, he is, but it's just him in the in the bunker. I would love for them to do a song around him, like there to be a song, but then he's just catatonic in the bunker yeah, while the song's going on. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. I'm super here for this. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, the last time he really sang in, in the Hedwig one, he was at the bunker. So that's the only place he'll sing. <laughs> he'll sing no, privately would... with Betty in his trailer or in the bunker. I would just love it if we're getting intercut shots with him of realizing things as songs are going on. Well, that's probably what's going to be. He's going to turn on the radio to like drown out the sound. And that's what he's going to hear. If he is really in the episode. Mm. yeah that's what how that's how that's gonna work so it's really happening all i know is i cannot wait for how and who they get to sing hip to be square because it's gonna be so much fun to hear these goofballs do huey lewis in the news percival percival who's square percival's a good choice percival is a good choice yeah we'll see all right well until next time hashtag bulldogs forever forever Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.